This is the Prosperous Family Podcast, where we explore creative ways of prospering mentally, emotionally, socially, physically, financially, and spiritually. So pull out your notepads, put on your thinking caps, and be open to new ways of approaching your day-to-day life, new ways of creating prosperity, happiness, joy, peace in your life and in the lives of your family members. Welcome to Prosperous Family Podcast. Hello and welcome to the Prosperous Family Podcast. I am your host, Marianne Hobson, and today I am joined with Jessica Coulter of Ace Cookie Tutoring and starting to get your name and your business in in my mind wrong, but Jessica, welcome. So glad you can be with us today. Hey, Marianne. Thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Awesome. So Jessica, we'd like to get started and get to know um, people on our podcast with one question, and that is, tell us about your family. Sure. So uh, my family is uh, pretty small. (laughs) It's my mom's sister and I. Um, My dad has never truly been part of the picture. So it's always been mom, my sister and I, and it's always, always been that way. And I'm, I'm okay with that. Okay. Older sister or younger sister? Younger. (laughs) I'm not sure she (laughs) likes that, but yes, younger sister. (laughs) Younger sister that acts like you're older. Something. (laughs) (laughs) Gotcha. Gotcha. And, um, where are you located? I'm in Kansas, not too far from Kansas City. Really? Okay. I'm about to drive through there. <laughs> there we go. I'm hoping, yeah, I'm hoping to move soon, but yeah, I've been here for a very long time. Yeah, born and raised in Kansas City? I'm born in California, and I've lived in five different states, but yeah, I've lived in Kansas the longest. Okay, okay. Um, so my parents, my family, we drove across country a lot growing up. And one of the things I remembered about Kansas City, at least at some point in my life, is that there was actually a highway that ended. So just before the end, I guess it was going to be a bridge and ended up not being a bridge. Just before the end of that highway, the you could you know the main highway took a turn, but I could always remember seeing the end of a highway because <laughs> there's not very many places you can see the end of a <laughs> you know a bridge like that. Oh, geez. I, I, I always feel old when we drive around and you know, my mom's lived here pretty much all her life. And she's like, yeah, this highway didn't used to exist. Or this highway used to be one lane and it was dirt. And it's like, wow, I've never, it's hard to imagine some of those things she tells me. Yeah. Life changes, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's surprising. So Jessica, tell us a little bit about what you do at Ace Cookie Tutoring. Sure. So I am obviously a tutor and I work with uh, middle school, high school and college kiddos. And um, there's pretty much two branches to my company. I have the content tutoring that I focus on. So kids, you know, need help with a certain class, certain homework, project, whatever. And then I'm moving more into a focus on study tutoring, more on the study skills side of things. Because unfortunately, every student I've ever tutored, no matter if it was this year or six years ago when I started, it's a matter of they're not doing a certain study skill that I know means, okay, you don't know how to learn. So, of course, you're struggling in this class because you're missing something even more important. Mm-hmm. 
So you focus on teaching them those skills. Exactly. Yes. Because the thing that I learned as a student for myself was I struggled in classes where the teacher would lecture. So I learned very early on, I am not an auditory learner. And yet the students I work with, they haven't figured that out yet. They haven't realized, okay, it's not me that's the problem. It's something that I don't know how to do. And if the teacher doesn't teach it in a way that I learn, what well, must be the content that's a problem, not my understanding, not my way of getting that information from the teacher. Mm -hmm. So what type of things do you do to assess the students? So I always start with their learning styles. I always want to know are they auditory, visual, or kinesthetic. And that's really easy for me to figure out. Usually when I meet with parents and students, like within the first 15 minutes, based on what classes they like, based on the type of learning that they say is easy for them, I know immediately. And then I also have to take an online assessment. It's like a 10 minute quiz. And I have yet to have a student tell me, no, that doesn't sound right. Hmm. So is it a quiz you developed? No, mm -mm. something online. There's so many quizzes. I mean, all the people are listening. If they go and type in learning style quiz, they'll find all sorts of things. The one I particularly like has a lot of kind of ideas on how to study, how to do school right after you take it. And um, some of those things I incorporate anyway. So it was like, okay, they were already thinking like I was thinking. Mm, gotcha. Gotcha. So I always like to ask also, um, the name of your business, Ace Cookie Tutoring, where did that come from? <laughs> it's going to sound kind of silly, but uh, when I officially started my own business, because I was tutoring through an online company for a while, I decided I really want to tutor, but I also really want to bake, because I, I love to bake, unfortunately. And um, it was a matter of, okay, how oh, do never, I choose? That's never unfortunate. Never <laughs> well, really it is when you, when, you want to, you, when you have to test something from every batch. It's kind of <laughs> you know, when you can't no, just enjoy the smell. That's not even a problem. You just <laughs> make sure that you are only doing the testing and everybody else gets the fruits of your labors, right? <laughs> there you go. Oh, but um, I decided that tutoring, I thought, was more important to me to kind of more beneficial in the long run to everyone else. And so... It was a matter of if I do like the milk and cookies thing where they get it like an after school snack. And so when I work with students in person, they get cookies. So that's kind of wow. why it's ACE cookie tutoring. And then I also really thought I was going to focus on the ACT. So I wanted an acronym to be ACT. Oh, okay. Yeah. Huh. And, and has it not turned out that way? I do a lot of ACT tutoring. I do. Mm -hmm. It's just once... Once I really sat down and thought about it, I, I, I wrote down a list of the study skills that I knew I needed to be successful in high school and college. And I realized, okay, I have yet to have a student tell me, yes, I do this. Yes, I do this. At least all nine and then eventually 11 now that I've added to it. And um, that kind of created a course, which created a program. Mm -hmm. so, so you still do the, the ACT tutoring, but you also have this program that works with students on just their like performance at school kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. The ACT tutoring to me, it definitely benefits from the type of learner, the my love to learn study program. So definitely it's all connected. It's just a matter of with the ACT, it's not just content. It's also the timing. It's the test taking strategies. So to me, it's still similar, but very separate. Yeah. Yeah, taking a test and learning, actually understanding something and comprehending it is a totally different thing. Oh, for sure. And on the ACT, you can you can get every question right, but if you can't do it in the time that you actually are allowed, you're not going to get a very good score. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's one of those debates. I, yeah. <laughs> yes. I'm sure glad I don't have to develop the, you know, the policies and procedures of all the schools and and things like that and testing organizations because how can you be fair to everybody? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. one of one of my students I just started working with when I told him about the idea of super scoring and the idea of you get to take it multiple times and you could focus on each section, getting it up as high as you could. And depending on the school, they might accept that. So you could ideally take the ACT at least four times, focusing on one section at a time. And he's like, that's not fair if I can, if I can afford to take it four times, but my friend can't. And I was like, exactly. Because there's some people that are going to take it for free once at school, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Now, the ACT is not ex- as expensive as some, but, but no. you're right. It's not exact. That's an interesting thing to think about. Mm-hmm. So they get the highest score of each category whenever you take it? They can. They can. That's something I think is crazy because, yeah, when I took it in high school, super scoring wasn't a thing. And, yeah. yeah. But as far as I know, not all colleges accept it. It just it depends on the school. depends on the program. I think it also probably depends on whether there's sports, scholarships, all the other stuff involved. Yeah. Yeah, so you need to be aware of what your school is looking for and things like that. Exactly, and the whole test optional, test blind, all that. So whole different, yeah, whole other different bag of worms. <laughs> <laughs> so going back to your your tutoring program, you said you look work with people online and in person. Yes. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> this is a silly question, but just because we're here. So what <laughs> kind of cookies might they get if they're coming to see you in person? So if, if I had my choice, my favorite cookies are oatmeal chocolate chip. And mm-hmm. that's what I was making. And then I had parents that um, I did a lot of Christmas events. And I was making 3,000 cookies for these Christmas events. And I was going, okay, I need something simpler, something I know even younger kids will like. Since, you know, I'm working with older kids. But I'm like, younger kids probably don't like the oatmeal as much. And so I switched to these cake mix cookies, A, because they're super easy to make. And they taste, they, to me, they, they smell better than they taste. <laughs> so to me, I don't need them as many. But um, I've had really positive reviews from every single person I've ever made them for. So I'm like, okay. So that's that's what I make now. They're cake mix chocolate chip cookies. So they have like three ingredients and they're super easy. And they smell amazing and evidently taste amazing. <laughs> <laughs> so I have, uh, so... At, at one point in my life, I made a lot of cake mix cookies, but mm-hmm. I've never done chocolate chip. Do you put add chocolate chips to mm-hmm. the cake mix? Okay, yeah, it's, um, it doesn't usually come with a chocolate chip. No, it's. I think it, I think all it is is if I remember right, I haven't I haven't made them for a while because you know it's been a while since Christmas. But um, it's I think yellow cake mix, eggs, oil, and then yeah, the chocolate chips. I guess four ingredients. Wow. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. easy. And a load of sugar. Mm-hmm. You got it. Okay, so I have a quick question for you. And this was just as someone said in passing that you were talking about learning styles and that that is a big part of how you tutor and what you do. Yes. Um, and I heard somewhere that learning styles are not as big a deal as they used to say they are and things like that. So why is learning styles important in what how you teach? So for me, part of the thing is study skills matter so much because the way we learn now is the way we were going to learn tomorrow, the way we're going to learn 20 years from now. 
And so my goal is to help students as young as middle schoolers learn how they learn so they can personalize their learning and they can actually like learning, love to learn all throughout high school and if they go into college or whatever else because you're going to be learning at your job too. So, I mean, I want them to know, okay, this is how I need to, you know, take notes or interact with clients, you know, how I need to handle boss meetings with my boss. I mean, all of those things. So, I mean, the short answer is teachers teach in a certain way and it's mm-hmm. going to be a way that works for them. And uh, maybe that's how they're told they have to teach depending on the district. Right. And unfortunately, if they don't teach in a way that meets every student's learning style, there's no way every student's going to be able to learn from that teacher unless they know how to adapt. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's so important as if for, like I said, with me not being an auditory, my history teacher, we watched videos and he lectured. And so, I mean, I, if I didn't take notes cause I know I'm visual, I knew I was going to have to take that information from his talking, get it down in a way that I can then read and learn from later. I never would have passed that class or learned anything about history. Yeah. So how did you learn about learning styles? Um, you know, it's honestly kind of came down to me knowing how I learned and then working with the students I did. It was a matter of I probably always knew about learning styles, but didn't really think about how important they were until, like I said, I thought about my own struggles with a tutor and a teacher and then um, all the students I worked with because I noticed some students I could just talk through things and not have to write down anything and they would just get it. Other students, we might have to do six different things trying to draw things or cut things up or like build things and get up and move. And I realized, okay, you know, part of me as a tutor, I have the time, I have the opportunity to go through and teach this one concept six ways to one student because it's just you and me. You know, we have the time, we have the ability to make it work. And then once we knew what worked for that student, next time we worked on a different type of math problem or wrote another paper, it's like, okay, this is how we did it last time. You obviously like it this way. You obviously seem to benefit. So we're going to keep doing it this way. So I know that wasn't a very short answer, but. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. Um, so so it's something you didn't like. It, it's not like you had a tutor that tested you in oh, school. No. It's something that you understood as you started to tutor. Uh, this this helps. Exactly. And then I, I've also worked as a substitute teacher and then a paraprofessional in school. So I've had students that were, when I worked as a para, they were in the, the SPED classroom. So I had the younger kiddos that, um, needed one-on-one support in gen ed classes. And then I had older kiddos at the high school level who were in the ED classroom. So emotionally disturbed is technically what it's called. And those were the kids that I had one student who sat in the class, sat in the corner of the classroom all day, every day. Like he refused to leave because he just couldn't handle that many people, didn't want to be surrounded by classmates, but he was more than smart enough. So, I mean, it was just a matter of sitting down next to him for literally weeks and basically invading his space. And he eventually learned, okay, you know, Miss Coulter, what do you want? Like, how, what's going to make you go away? And once he learned that we needed like two hours, that was it for an entire day's worth of classwork, he could go back to his computer games. He actually was like, okay, let's just do this. And so that was teaching him the study skill of, focus of organization and time management because once he learned we could just get it done then we did it and we had no more problems Mm -hmm. and does that type of thing work with everyone that you know doesn't like learning or doesn't like um 
you know, accomplishing what the teachers want them to accomplish. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing when it comes to whatever parents tell me, you know, my kid doesn't seem to care about school or my child isn't doing his homework or, you know, it's hard to get him up in the morning or like he always waits until the last minute to do a project or, you know, even tell me he has a test tomorrow. It literally just comes down to knowing how to learn because how can students who don't know how to learn love to learn? And unfortunately, Mm -hmm. if teens, college students, even middle schoolers don't enjoy learning, then everything else bad happens. You know, that's when the the procrastination happens because why is a student going to make sure he has time to study for that test or complete that paper if he doesn't care about the class? And the reason he doesn't care about the class is probably because he doesn't know how to learn from that teacher. And, uh, you know, he might think he's bad at math or he's bad at science. And it's just simply because the information's being, being presented in a way that doesn't match his learning style. Hey, Marion Hobson here. I wanted to break in and remind you that as you're listening to these recordings, to really pay attention to your intuitive guidance. Take notes about those things that really pique your interest or make sure that you are hearing what you may want to do. That may or may not be something me or my guest shares, but it could be something totally different that is in or you think of just because of what we say. So follow your own intuition and guidance and enjoy the continuation of this episode. So what about those who obviously show potential and ability and are doing well at school and then all of a sudden just give up? Mm-hmm. That, that's something else. I'm glad you bring that up, Marion, because I'm trying to, that's one of that's one of the tough things I feel like for me in my business is I feel like kids really fall into two buckets. There's the kids, kind of like you mentioned, they do really, really well until they don't. And then you've got the kids that have struggled every single time and every single class for all their lives. And those are two very different problems. The, yeah. the kids that are kind of like you said, are doing fine until they're not really what happens is they've never had to study. They've never had to try learning because they just have always gotten it. And then suddenly they run into content that they just don't know, that they don't just get. And because Mm -hmm. they've never had to study, they've never had to really try to learn something, they don't know what to do. They don't have Mm -hmm. any of those skills because they've never needed to develop them. Whereas you've got the kids that, uh, you know, have always struggled. Well, they're just sure they're dumb. They're just sure they're never going to be good students. And the problem is, is that there's probably been classes they've been interested in. There's probably been classes that have had teachers that they got along with, but there hasn't been anything consistent enough for them to figure out, okay, this is what usually works for me. They haven't made any connections yet. They just think they're a bad student. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So those that, um, so those that suddenly aren't doing well in school, they, they are running into somewhat a similar problem that they think they're a bad student in some way. Is is that what I'm hearing? Eventually. I mean, the thing that really stinks, I mean, one of the students I work with right now, he was a college student last year. So his first year of college and he'd never studied in his life. Like he'd never studied for a single test. He'd never had any problems with getting A's or whatever grades he wanted. And then last year in college, 
I, I can't remember the word he used, but essentially everything's harder. Like everything is the next level, and he was not prepared. Like he had no idea how to take notes. He had no idea, what do you mean? This is going to take me three hours to do this project. It should take 20 minutes. You know, mm -hmm. oh my goodness, I need three days for this. I'm used to not even spending two seconds on this. And so, unfortunately, he's taken a year off, which is good. I mean, in a way of figuring out what his major is going to be, you know, is he actually prepared to go back? And that's why we're working together is to teach him those skills he's never had to learn. And is that something he's choosing your, himself or did his parents say, hey, let's find somebody to help you? Or how did that come about? I'm glad you asked that because that is something that a lot of parents worry about. They're like, if I force my kid to work with you, Jessica, you know, is it actually going to be beneficial? You know, is this just a new fight? And the answer is that sometimes that first lesson's hard. And I mean, I do trial lessons where it's like, you know, let's just choose one skill to work on. Let's meet once. And if it's a great fit, we'll continue. If not, it's, uh, you know, no hard feelings. But I got to tell you, I had a student last week that uh, when we met for the consultation, he refused to be on camera. Like he was in the room and I got to talk to him, but I never got to see him. And then, uh, you know, he really didn't want to do the lesson, like even the trial lesson. Mom was all on board. I mean, I could have picked probably any number in the world for charge and she would have said yes. And uh, when he so and I met. In an online situation. Yes, yes. And I, he was, you could hear him. Mm -hmm. but he didn't want to be where you could see him. Okay. Exactly. Yeah. And that was just the consultation. So, I mean, we set up the trial lesson and I always start with note taking because that's just the absolute most important skill in my opinion that I teach when it comes to study skills. But um, when we got on our, our call and our, you know, our actual trial lesson, he didn't want to let me go. I mean, we could have talked for two hours because he was so excited, not only about note taking, but all his other stuff going on in school that he wanted to talk about. And so now, now we're working together full time. And it's like, yeah, it was just a matter of getting that first lesson going. Once, once students realize that working with a tutor, especially me, is not at all like school. They realize we can talk about whatever we want as long as it relates to the skill we're focused on. Hmm. Hmm. So, so the, the cookie sweetness it comes <laughs> into play even on an online program because you're able to geared around fun and and if not food in present form but it, the opportunity to just work with you the way they want exactly i mean that's that's why i like being a tutor so much you know a lot of people have asked me are you ever going to teach and i mean there's a whole lot of stuff going on with teachers right now that we don't probably need to get into but um it's just a matter of that one-on-one. -on -one. I mean, yeah. I love keeping track of who has what dog, who has what you know, sibling, who's taking what classes. I mean, there's probably 50 things like swimming in my head every time I jump on a call and I have my notes that I like to make sure because if a student tells me, you know, I have a band competition or, you know, I have this art project with a tree, I like to try to remember because it builds that connection and it really does make a difference, I've noticed, mm -hmm. in one-on-one -on -one settings. So, so you'll never do the group program necessarily? You really like individualizing it? I mean, I think about the way I teach. And I mean, the, the, the point of my program is not only to teach the skills, but also to personalize them. So, I mean, if I did the group tutoring, it would be a matter of we'd meet to teach how to do the skills just in general. And then I'd still want to meet with students one-on-one -on -one so we could then tie it in. I mean, my goal would be if I had a group of visual learners, that way I'd know, okay, based on being a visual learner, this is how you need to take notes. This is how you need to annotate. This is how we create a reward system, you know, for motivation for you. 
But yeah, there still has to be that individual component. So it'd probably be a, a hybrid program. Okay, cool. So it sounds like you really work on building a relationship with the kids and knowing, te- learning how to work with them individually. What do you do for parents of your children, of, you know, the kids that you're teaching? Honestly, I, I don't do too much right now. I mean, I've always, as a tutor, it's been pretty much, I meet with the parents, you know, they choose me, we talk about whatever their concerns are, and then I spend all my time with the teens. So honestly, when it comes to the parents, it's almost, when it comes to my program, it's up to them how involved they want to be. I have all sorts of kind of extra things that the students can do in between my sessions. And so it's kind of up to the parents, you know, do they want to force that? They want to suggest that. And then I have parents, some of them want a lot of updates. And so I'm happy to tell them, hey, we worked on this. This is what I recommended based on, you know, interest level, based on learning style. But um, any like direct instruction to the parents that's not something I really do. That's part of the reason I, I like to collaborate with a lot of other people that do focus specifically on the parents. Okay. Okay. So you do partnerships like with parenting coaches or exactly. people like that who would be more of, this is how you can interact with your teen. And mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I don't, that's not really my area of expertise. I mean, like any type of parenting, I mean, I can think of what, you know, I grew up with, but like for me as a tutor it's a very different perspective than as a parent which is part of the reason it works so well that's why I don't have to fight with the teens about their homework it's like I'm not mom I'm not the teacher I'm here mm-hmm. to help you you know how, how mm-hmm. I can mm-hmm. 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 awesome awesome well it sounds like you're doing a great service yeah I, I love it so when, when people talk about that whole you know passion versus job thing I totally get it, it it's a mm-hmm. huge difference yeah yeah so I would assume that you do mostly nights and weekends. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's probably the only drawback is, yeah, when the kids are in school, yeah, it's like, okay, I'm doing things like this, talking to you and putting them in the admin stuff. But, yeah, that's probably the only drawback is on um, some nights, yeah, I have three or four students back to back. And so, yeah, <laughs> in my office, you know, working with students. And, but then I think about it, it's like that's three or four hours instead of an all day at a job. It's like, oh, well, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> yeah, that's Maybe it was a good plan. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's awesome when, when we can make that work. And, and I, I find with my business too, there's a lot more of the planning uh, and preparation than the actual doing. You have to, like, you, you might, and I'm just making up numbers here, you <laughs> might charge $500 for an hour of tutoring, but they've got to count all of the hours of prep and all of the hours of thinking through and stuff like that. And, and I think a lot of people don't realize how much goes into a specialized hour of tutoring or a specialized hour of coaching and things like that. Oh, for sure. Training. Awesome. Well, Jessica, I really appreciate you being here and letting us know about your tutoring program and um, all that you're doing for kids, which is awesome. And teens. And I, I, at the end of our podcast, we always like to ask, what can you give our listeners an exercise or an action that they can do right now to um, sort of put into motion an improvement in their in their world? Definitely. I think there's a couple things. Um, one could easily be finding one of those online um, 
kind of learning style quizzes and I can send you the link if you'd like to for you know the one I use with the students. I would also say um, I'd encourage all of our parents that are listening to really think about and ask their teens which classes they like. And the mm -hmm. thing is, it's not only like as an interest, it's in like is how the teachers are teaching because there's going to be some similarities. It might be that the teacher has them watch a lot of videos. It might be that they get up and do a lot of group activities or they get to move around a lot. It's a lot of hands on. Or mm -hmm. there's going to be kids that the teachers are writing things on the board for them, that there's a lot of colors. There's a lot of kind of pictures and things. And so there's going to be some similarities. And that's kind of where it starts is connecting the dots. What classes are easy, interesting based on how the teacher's teaching. Hmm. That's a great thing to think about. Thank you so much. I yeah. really appreciate you being here and making time for our podcast today and look forward to um, hearing more about your successes in the future. Wonderful. It has been a pleasure to be here. So thank you for having me. Thank you. Glad it worked out. Thanks so much for listening today. I'm Marianne Hobson and I invite you to subscribe, like, comment, and most importantly, share what you've learned with someone you know. The best way to lock it in is to teach someone else. So make sure that you share what you've learned, take action on an exercise or something that you've heard today, and come back to let us know how it's benefited your life and your family. Looking forward to hearing from you soon.